0: Good to have you with us. Yeah, I don't know who did Groundhog Day, Bill Murray. Uh, No, he probably didn't. Uh, But yeah, I don't know where they came up with that idea. But at any rate, uh, it is what it is, but we go by God, not by groundhog. (laughs) So it's good to have you with us today. So. Uh, we're excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about 180. If you, you know, even if you're like, "Oh man, I, I I've already got um, lunch plans. I can't stay." And, and you want to help them again? Five dollars, suggest donation. That's pretty cheap for a spaghetti dinner. Um, and uh, you know, if you have multiple kids. You know, you do whatever you feel like. You, Yeah, here, here. You know, you take your kids out for $5. Wouldn't we all like that? You can't. How many remember the day when you could go to McDonald's and you could get a meal for under $5 and get some change back? A Big Mac meal. Anybody remember that? Man, you can't touch that now. We went through Wendy's not long ago. And like like the really good sandwiches and the combo stuff. That will be well, thank you, let me run to the bank and see if, no, I mean, it was just, I was just, wow, it's eight, nine bucks a combo meal or something like that. Um, so anyway, uh, I want to talk to you this morning about living your life on purpose, uh, you know, if we were to sing any more songs, of course, we're here for the Lord, we're not going to sing I Left My Heart in San Francisco, or we're not going to do an Indian chant. Because it is Super Bowl Sunday. How many have a Super Bowl party planned or you're going to go eat a lot of wonderful Super Bowl food? Me. Great. <laughs> yes, Kaler. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm celebrating and my team's not even in it. So there. <laughs> but it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's just a great time to get together. But I, I want to talk about living our life on purpose. That is our our uh, vision statement, our mission statement. Um, and I, you know, I went to church so many years, and I, I love going to church. You get benefits of going to church. You got family, you got friends, and you go see people, and and you kind of interact, and that's great. And and so you do have kind of like a church family. Um, but also, you want to go to church not just uh, for that, but also to take practical things home with you that you can apply to your life. How many know that? You want to be able to go, I can do this because I went to church for years and loved my family and loved church not for religious reasons but I really benefited not really a whole lot because nothing seemed to be where I could understand how to apply it I mean I guess some some things sink in you know you're around the atmosphere you get some things and you know I got some of the basics for sure and I got some foundation so I'm very thankful for that but just every day how do I do this if I'm going through this I couldn't figure that out, and so one of the things when the Lord called me, and I'm not the answer to everything, so please don't misunderstand me, but my heart and my passion, if you're new here, is I want to give you things that you can go, you know what, I can do that. So that's why many times you'll see me say these four things, these three things, or these four thoughts, or whatever, so uh, we're giving you things that you can actually take and go, I can put that to work. So let's, uh, let's welcome our online crowd today. God bless you guys. good to have you. If you're a guest and, and you, uh, you get a free t-shirt, if you take your card to the guest kiosk, you can live your life on purpose as saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that, um, and just, we, we have those for you, those are free, and uh, we're excited to be able to bless you with that. So I, I want to give you some things, if I, was kid, if I could show you some things, you know, think about, just think about, would you do them? So that's what we're going to look at today, so kind of live life on purpose is our motto around here, and you may ask, what's a motto? nothing's a motto what's a motto with you <laughs> there you go all right Let, let's get started here there i'm going to give you a story There was a christian man uh he was living in hawaii and i, I when i i start writing this i'm like oh wouldn't that be tough when kim and i first got called into ministry i was like lord give me a beach ministry in hawaii give me a beach ministry in hawaii of course that didn't work but i mean you think wow that how rough could that be but anyway here goes the story in the 70s, he worked equipment in the sugarcane fields for a living. Corporation came in and took over, and then he was out of work. For two years, 15000 plus in debt and unable to provide for his children. And so he went from being able to do everything he wanted to poverty. And that he was at the end of his own rope, and he reached out. He, there was a minister in town, and he heard about him, so he reached out to him. And the minister told him he could change his whole life if he would do some things. And so the guy was all ears. Have you ever been desperate enough that you're willing to listen? Think about it for just a second. Are you desperate enough where you're like, you know what? This isn't changing. Maybe there's something I'm doing wrong. Or maybe I'm not doing anything wrong, but there's something I'm not doing. And if I were just to tweak it a bit or add something. So he was all ears. So the minister told him, He could change his expectancy, change the way he was talking, what he was saying, start worshiping and praising God every single morning, and he said praise was the way out of his trouble. So the guy went home and he thought about this. Now, just like your vehicle brought you here to church, it was the way that you got to church. Could I submit to you this morning that praise is the way you'll get to the answer you need? It is what you need to understand it's more powerful than you think so every morning this gentleman and his wife got on their knees thank God for everything he had done for them and everything he would do for them and listen to this he did it for five months with no change now when I say no change no change on the outside nothing on the outside seemed to be different still poverty level nothing was changing on the inside how many knows it takes 21 days to start a new commitment if you wanted to do a new habit they say it takes about 21 days. So in five months, this dude is changing on the inside. In other words, you don't do anything for that long without affecting you. Come on. So this is what happens. So now he's changing some things on the inside. And that not that a spiritual law? Isn't that a law in the kingdom? We, we believe we receive when we pray, not when it shows up. So things happen in the spirit... And then they manifest in the natural. Get it? So, we, need, you know, we are body, soul, and spirit. If my, if my spirit were to leave and, I, and go be with Jesus, this body would collapse. It need, the natural needs the spirit. So we need to understand this, this kingdom. Just, it's just a kingdom principle. Just understand, you don't have to see everything to know that something's happening. okay so this is what he did so this is what i'm asking you if you want to have victory maybe in your life in your health in your finances in your family god wants you to have every desire of your heart when you spend time worshiping and praising him and just recognizing who he is and what his purpose is in your life so if we're going to live our life on purpose. I'm going to give you six thoughts today. We'll go through them fairly quickly. Here's the first one. Live your life on purpose by quit complaining. That sounds like somebody said, oh. <laughs> In other words, ditch the gripe. I mean, just, you know, and I, again, please understand. I'm not just talking to you. I, I got to do this myself. I'm talking to myself you know so quit complaining philippians 2 14 says do everything without complaining and arguing you've ever i'm you probably heard this if you complain you remain well i put this one in here i didn't make it up but i found it so i liked it so let's go with this one praise and be raised that one sounds a little better but they're simple but true so why is there so much complaining among people that know christ or that go to church. Why do we complain? Why, why can you not differentiate between us and people that don't know Jesus? We don't understand how much it costs us in the long run. It is easy to complain. Let me just say, if faith was so easy, everybody would do it. it, it we don't understand the, the implications or the, uh, the things that we'll do. To damage our future by what we speak. By what we complain. We have a habit of taking the I can'ts and the I nevers. I never did that. We can't do that. It's never been done before. And it stops our breakthrough because we put limits on what God says with him. There are no limits. And so in our mind, we box him. I'm just I'm just being honest. There's times that we've been praying. I'm, you know what I'm going to talk about next week? Maybe you're here today and you're going, this is what my problem is. I'm a worrywart. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you ways that you can stop being a worrywart next week. I don't know if I'll title it. That might. But, you know, there have been times, that, you know, we've had four kids, so we we went through the the whole, you know, kids and now they're grown. We have one kid that's still at home. <coughs> but there are times when they've, you know, They've been attacked with sickness and whatnot. And we've been trying to believe in all this stuff. And there have been times that the Lord spoke specifically to Kim. And she was, she was saying, you know, this. And this is what he said. He said, stop hindering me. Because you got to understand the authority that you have in what you believe and what you speak. We can box God. And people are, you know, if you believe... God just does whatever he wants anytime he wants there's nothing you can do about it. that's not what that book teaches He's already told you what he's going to do But he's also told us what the authority we have to access the things that he wants in your life So if I need better relationships, I need better health. I need better finances Maybe I should check my mouth <laughs> Think about the israelites 11 days when they left Egypt should have took him to get the promised land 11 day journey 40 years and most of them didn't make it 11 days can you imagine 11 days have you ever been packed into a car going on vacation with loved ones for hours daddy please stop i got to go to the restroom. I asked you back then, and you said you didn't have to go. I didn't have to go back then, Daddy, but I have to go now. We're not going now. You're going to wish we would have. They complained about everything. They complained about the journey, about the food. They complained about the conditions. They, they, They looked back unrealistically. Well, it wasn't so bad making those bricks. I mean, we had leeks, we had onions. Come on. They start looking back and all of a sudden the things that they were so fed up with because now they're in some difficulty and they complained and they remained for a long time. So what do your prayers sound like? I have to ask this to myself. If my prayer is just a wish list, now I get it, God wants to give us the desires of our heart. That's not what I'm saying. But all of the time, do I ever praise God or do I just say, God? Since you're like a Coke machine, I'm going to put my 50 cents in just hit the button. And I'm... I better not see out of service. I'm sorry, we're out of that kind. But I mean, you know, so do we think God is Santa Claus? Are we just waiting to get on his lap to tell him, here's our list. I've been naughty or nice. You know. God's going to say, you know, that's not how this works. Don't pay any attention to that noise. They're, They're getting ready. Just so that you know. So are you worshiping, praising God for his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his promises? Are you complaining? Has it become a habit for you? Is it one you need to break? You can live your life on purpose by ditching the gripe. And you can do it for good. And let me me just say, everybody around you will thank you. Your life will thank you. Your wife will thank you. Your hubby may thank you. You'll be well on your way. Here's our second thought. Live your life on purpose, and you won't like this one, I don't think. I don't think any of us do. Praising in the storm. You may be saying, I don't even want to talk about storms. If I'm a believer, I shouldn't have any. That's not biblical. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. And he said, it rains on the just and the unjust. First Thessalonians. You, know, you ever say Thessalonians fast? Sounds like you're lifting when you say that, doesn't it? 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So how do I be thankful in the midst of a storm? I don't feel like being thankful. Friends, I'm just here to tell you it's not about your feelings. Never was. It's not about how you feel. That's why they say it's a sacrifice of praise. That's in Hebrews. Just doing the right thing. Sometimes you don't want to praise. You are pulling things out of what you feel. You have nothing there. Anybody going to get a witness? If we can get in the habit of praising God, no matter what our situation, we'll get to a place we don't even have to think about it. It becomes our default mode. It becomes our mode of operation, our MO. Just praising God doesn't mean for everything. That, I mean, I'm not praising him for the storm. But let's just be honest When you're on the mountaintop, we don't learn a whole lot on the mountaintop, do we? We learn in the valley. That's where we get our character. That's where we get developed. You know, if you're a parent, it's when your child won't sleep all night and you're like, oh, help me, Jesus. You know, that's when you're like, okay, God, help me. I need patience and I need it now. It's when you decided I have to have a standard and you get in the line at Cedar Point to leave and the cars are bumper to bumper for two hours and you have a standard you get a good calf workout that whole time so be thanking the lord i've got great calves there's times that's where you get developed is, is in the in the push in the storm now when i was uh managing a fitness center you know and i was bodybuilder did all that stuff the difference between a bodybuilder and a power lifter is this. A power lifter had to move the weight. In other words, he had to prove he could lift it. He had to prove he could squat it. He had to prove he could bench it. A bodybuilder had to just look like he could. That was my role. I'm like, yeah. But in the midst of all that, I remember doing this. I remember they're like, you know, hey Gleese let's let's, you know, and I uh, the weight was it was heavy, it was 450 pounds. The uh, Olympic bar is 45 pounds, and they put the weights on, 450 pounds, and so we'd strap our knees, we'd take that elastic, put it around our knees so you'd have to be walking like this, because you couldn't bend your legs, but when you get 450 pounds on your back, your legs are going to bend. And I remember squatting that. Now, to this day, now, my, my knees are still fine, but it took me, after I did that a couple times, well, I did that three times that day, and... The third time, the blood vessels in my nose popped, and and, and I thought, and the guys are like, oh, wow, that's cool. This is what's going through my mind. i got to get this thing on the rack, and why am I doing this? Because as a bodybuilder, I didn't have to squat that. I just had to make my legs look like they could squat that. So I I changed my philosophy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be smarter. See, sometimes we don't understand what it will do in the long run. I know people that blew uh, their legs out because they did so many things and they didn't really realize. And then later now they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I'd have did different. said all that just to say this. Maybe from that weight, I don't know, but I've had my back go out in the past. Now, if you've never had your back go out, you better be thanking God. Because those people that are in the sound of my voice or that are watching me online and your back's ever went out. Everything in your world just changed. You're telling yourself, please do not sneeze. Please do not sneeze. (laughs) For real. You can't even put on your socks. And heaven help you if you got to go to the bathroom. Now, I'm sorry I said that online, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) But I remember doing this. I'm praising God in the middle of my storm. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you. You're so good to me. Oh, I'm looking like Tim Conway on Carol Burnett. You know, I'm, oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. You know, I mean, I got people. Can I help you? No, get away from me. Don't touch me. Oh, God. Thank you. You know, so I'm doing all that. And this is what I noticed the more that I praised, the faster I healed. I started putting that together. I'm like, oh, my word. So I started thanking God about stuff. God, thank you. Thank you that my feet don't hurt. Thank you that my legs are good. Thank you that I hear well. I started thanking him for trees and birds and tires on my car and blades of grass and all kinds of th- I mean, just thanking God for other things. My family, anything I could think of. And I noticed the more that I praised him. And I'm going to put all this together so this will make sense. The better I felt here's our third thought live your life on purpose because of focusing what you have So that's what I did. I didn't know I stumbled into a secret here of the kingdom. Just wow So I started focusing on what I had not what I didn't have but what I had Now any Lord of the Rings fans in here? Okay, if you watch Lord of the Rings the big eye on the mountain was Saruman okay i did it wrong again (laughs) eyeball dude so but if you remember in the movie what he was he was always trying to find the ring that eye was always focused and remember frodo if you you know but it was something stolen his gaze that's what the enemy's trying to do to you my friends he's trying to steal your gaze He's trying to get you off of what God wants you to get on and get you onto something else. Look at your, oh, if your back is hurt. Oh, look how terrible it feels. Well, you know it feels terrible. You don't need anybody to help you with that. Look at people tell me, this is what's going on. I know what's going on. It hurts. There's, knowledge is fine, and I get that. But once I'm, I've got the knowledge I need, okay, what do I got to do to help fix that? If he's attacked my muscles, how can I make my muscles respond? One of the ways... Is by what i say i'm going to focus on what i have so what's your focus philippians 4 6 says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need and thank him for what or for all he has done maybe you have somebody around uh your house or at work and wherever they're at or i don't know in your neighborhood at a family reunion and you know who they are you love them but they will talk negative all the time There's never anything right. Everything is wrong. You'll hear their latest medical condition. They're underpaid at work. Their car is broken. Their kids are in trouble. Blah, 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 blah. And we've probably all done that to some extent. But even if you're in a good mood, by the time it's over, you feel drained. There are people that you are, when they come to the room, you're like, yes, thank you. You're here. There are people that as soon as they leave, you're like, yes, they've left. That's probably un- Christian-like and unspiritual, but, you know, there are those people that you, you still love them. But let me ask you, do you help build people up or do you help bring them down? And again, we've all probably been in those areas where we've had these times where we're, we're more down or we've been more negative. I've been there. And then if I could go back, I'd like to have changed it. But am I a glass full or half full person or a half empty person? I want you to focus on what you have rather than on what's wrong. The Bible tells us here. Here's some reasons to be helpful and edifying those around us. When we honor God with our gratitude, complaining uh, is dishonoring to him. So we, we need to be a builder of people. Help them understand, you know, boy, it's good. You, you just do such a great job with that. Don't lie. But if they're doing something good, be honest. Here's a look, listen to this focusing on the good things God has given you makes you a happier person So just look at what's what you have that's great like thank I was thanking God for the stuff I had because I was getting my focus off of what was wrong A recent study found the optimistic people live 11 to 15 percent longer That's a good enough reason just to be positive So focus on what you have if you're short on money for an upcoming expense, praise God for the money that you do have. Count your many blessings. That's Bing Crosby, sorry. Okay. <laughs> praise God uh, for your home. Thank him for your car. Thank him for your the food in your pantry. Thank him that you have a job. Uh, thank him that the rest of your body is working. What you know, don't whatever's not working, thank him for what does. Praise him for what's right, and when you do that, you'll start noticing what was wrong is healed so much quicker. If you're a glass half-empty person, and that's been your mentality, make a switch. It's time to change the way you look at things. When you focus on what you have, you develop a life of gratitude. And that's the life God can do something with. So that's our fourth thought well that's not our fourth thought but we're going to head that way but here's our fourth one live your life on purpose by practicing instant praise now i'm going to explain what i mean by that psalm 34 1 says i will praise the lord at all times that means even in those storms i will constantly speak his praises i will praise the lord at all times that's hard sometimes isn't it because romans says this all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that all things are good. But they work together for good. So in that midst of the storm. I'm going to praise him for what's right. Living a life on purpose. And having one of gratitude. What I say every day. But when I'm talking instant praise. Now listen to what I'm about to say. Because this is important. He had me write this down. I put it in bold in my notes. What you say first. First in the moment of that situation that's instant praise what comes out of your mouth first when you're up against something so if you're living your life on purpose by practicing instant praise if you have unexpected bad news now I want you to use wisdom you know because if somebody is going through something very hard they lost a pet or a loved one or whatever I mean I I, that's probably not the best part to go praise God so you, you want to use wisdom here, but let me show you exactly what I mean. One time I was helping somebody move. I had one end of the couch, and the other fellow had the other end. Now, I don't know how many girls lift couches, but most guys, if we have move, couches are big, they're awkward, they're heavy. And we were trying to put this couch, they wanted it in this room, and the doorway was narrow. So not only is it big and awkward, you have to tilt it, and kind of get it and angle it to get it in there. So we're trying to get it in because if you have anybody moving your stuff, you don't want them just to smack into the wall and ding the, you know, the woodwork. And, so you want to be careful. So I said, hey, hang on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get a better grip. We're going to have to tilt this this way. This is what the guy says. It's going through now one way or the other. And he pushes it. And, the, and I come back and the couch drops and lands right on this toe. Boom. First thing out of my mouth was, oh, praise God, that feels good. That's not what I was thinking. I was thinking a whole lot of stuff. I was wanting to say, like, this couch is in between us. But my foot was just, I knew that was not good. Hallelujah. I took off my shoe, and the guy goes, oh, I bet that hurt. Gee, Spanky, you think? I took off my shoe and my toe was singing the blues. He dropped the couch. It hit your foot. It's in pain. I mean, it was terrible. I took off my shoe and my sock was already full of blood. And I'm like, oh, help me, Jesus. Lord Jesus, it's, it's all good. It's all good. And I wrapped my toe and paper towel and stuff like that stuck my sock back on put my shoe back on and we moved the rest of the day now the rest of the day my foot was calling to me whoa whoa and i just i would not answer it all i did was say father i thank you that my other foot my other big toe oh it's singing a happy dance (laughs) and i was praying for the guy that pushed the couch (laughs) i was praying for thank you god that we're moving even more stuff Oh, Lord, thank you. And I was, you know, just, again, instant praise in that time. And another time, just to let you know, um, my first job, besides a paper route when I was a kid, was at Ponderosa. That's where I met PK. I met her at Ponderosa. Um, But I was, I ended up being the head cook there, and we had a shrimp sale, all-you-could-eat shrimp and ribeye sale, and um, uh, we just closed, and they wanted us to change the fryer grease. So um, me and the fry cook, we, we poured all the grease, and it was about the size of a five-gallon paint bucket, kind of like, but it was in a metal pan. And we have to, in the back, we, you had to go outside and dump it in this grease bin. Here's a little food for thought for you. You know what, when we put all that grease, they told me that that's what they make women's makeup with. I, I mean, mascara and stuff, I guess. I don't, I don't know okay never mind (laughs) but anyway i'm walking back there and the kitchen guy had just mopped the floor and so now i'm like and this stuff is going slosh slosh and i mean we just emptied it so i'm like oh and i'm thinking if i drop this five gallons of grease on the floor is no fun to clean up so i'm thinking set it down so i don't drop it and if i fall down well you know i can get back up i set it down and lost my footing and my arm plunged right in that grease bucket all the way down to here now i want you to hear what i said without even thinking i now i had just i hadn't been a believer for too long and they were people were staying away from me anyway because i was telling everybody about jesus and that if you heard the lock story um, this is all in that same time frame. So they're all like, okay, well, this guy is weird. <laughs> but anyway, and I, I, all I said was, Jesus! And I pulled my arm out. And you know when you wa- wax your car and then you, you spray it and, and it, the water beads up like bubbles on it? The grease was bubbling up on my arm and did not burn my arm at all. I took a towel and we wiped it off. And the guy the fry cook goes, dude, your arm's not even burnt. I said, I don't know. I said, praise God. He went out and I said, well, maybe the grease wasn't hot because, you know, I didn't know. Maybe it cooled down that quick. He went out and got shrimp, threw it right in, fried it right up. No explanation. Instant praise. Now, what I'm telling you is this. That didn't come by just, I mean, you had to make, it had to be intentional, so that's what we're going to look at today. So you can be there, too. I'm not saying I'm, I'm all that. I'm not. I'm, what I'm telling you is God isn't a respecter of persons. If he did that and protected me, he'll do it for you. I don't want you to leave here and go get grease and go, watch this. <laughs> I'm not putting you up to that, okay? But my first words were instant praise. The results followed. Here's number five. Be grateful. Understanding the power of gratitude if we live our life on purpose. Be grateful. Acts 16, 25 and 26 says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. The prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Think about this. These guys are in prison. They put Paul and Silas in the inner spots of prison chained them up this is where the more nasty prisoners i suppose would be in the inner but what this what the bible is saying is that these guys started praising the lord in that storm and everybody was set free could i tell you today that everybody in that prison was not a believer now they got to deal with how did that happen there are going to be people in your life that, if you are grateful and you have instant praise for God, that'll be around when the suddenlies, like the grease or that kind of thing, happens. That will be like, "Oh my word!" Because for the rest of their life, they're going to live with, "Who was the guy that pulled the lock open? How did that happen? How did the grease not burn his arm?" Think about that. There's all these things that you could do in your life to give God glory that people will be like, "How did that happen?" We prayed for this and this is what happened. This money showed up. This money was taped to the door. This thing just showed up. How? I'm trying to get something to you. Just to let you know that God wants the best for you. But we have to. Now, I'm not saying life is easy. I'm not saying it's all going to be easy. But I am saying I've been on both sides of this. And I'll take Jesus side any day. His side is much better, the peace, the comfort. Even if I don't see results right away, I know results are coming. Come on, somebody. I know if I give God my heart and I put him first in whatever I do, results will follow. Matthew 12, 34 in the New King James says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The New Living Translation says, For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So you, if you want to speak praise, then you've got to re- renew your mind to that. you got to make up your mind that, Father, I want to, I want to say that. <laughs> it isn't always easy. And I don't care if you've been saved 20 years, 30 years. If you don't speak praise or you slip up and say something you shouldn't say, we've all done it. Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? I mean, you know we have a tendency to judge people let's let god do that let's do our best to just let god do that now the bible talks about fruit and i'm not getting into that's a whole nother message and fruit and judging and all that i'm not but god is the judge but what i'm saying is not one of us in here are perfect not one of us not me not anybody what if we decided god i'm a work in progress I tell this to PK, and I don't know if she likes this illustration, but I, I, I think it, it fits. Sometimes I feel like I'm a masterpiece on my way to being a masterpiece. I'm not where I need to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm not, uh, you know, I might not be where I'm supposed to go, but dear God, I'm not. I mean, some, things are changing in my life. How many when you first got saved, you're like, I mean, you just everything was new and everything's great. And then and and all of a sudden, you know, you started doing some of the things you used to do and they didn't feel the same anymore. They didn't feel right. You know why? Because old things have passed away and all things have become new. Things are changing inside you and you got to allow God to do those. You got to allow him. So some of this is a process. Being grateful, speaking praise. Making up our mind, Lord, I'm going to praise you. Renewing our mind with the word. And this is where so many of us make our mistakes. Some of us, we think we've, oh, I've been saved for, I got saved in 1980. January 2nd, 1980. 4.15 in the afternoon. But yet, I still need God every day. And you know what? If I spend time away from him, it affects me. It affects what I do. Because Jesus put it to like if we break off the branch from the vine, we we die. You've got to have that life. I mean, God's got to be something inside you that you're saying, you know what? He's most important. That first thing. That's why it's most important. He is number one. And when we make God number one, we start living our life on purpose. So sometimes the Lord will say, you know, our intentions are good, aren't they? I mean, if you've ever been on a diet, the most time when you make your resolution or you decide, it's usually after you just ate a great meal. Isn't that true? Oh, I'm going on a diet tomorrow because I just pounded down two large pizzas tonight. Yes. God, take all the calories away. How many of you have prayed that prayer? I don't think he hears that one. I'm not real sure. But we, our intent is good. And that's what happens with us. We have to get past. Because in the morning when the alarm goes off, snooze. Snooze. You know how many times I hit the snooze one day? Well, one day I counted nine. You know, the snooze goes off every nine minutes. Do the math. Then I got up and go, well, I wanted to get up today. Lord, you know I wanted to spend time. I feel like the Lord's saying, oh, really? You see, we have to tell our body, our flesh. Because it's going to fight you. Well, i want—I got to watch, you know. Well, Brett, you wouldn't be here today. If there was service tonight, you wouldn't be here because if the Patriots were playing, you would be there watching. No, I wouldn't. I'll never put a football team above God. But we don't have service tonight. But they're not in it anyway. (laughs) People have made sure that I knew that. People that love me. (laughs) Bless their hearts. (laughs) Let me just tell you something. You take it when you praise. When you praise God, you start receiving and taking things. You start taking ground. You put it into force and action. Here's our last one. And these kind of all interlink together. Live your life on purpose by guarding your words. Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. There's people that just say it doesn't mean it, it doesn't matter what you say. It matters a lot what you say. And we say this, and I've been guilty of it too, I don't do this anymore, but we've said this, well, because I'll say something. And sometimes PK will say, ah, uh, is that what you want? Because she's my word police. I mean, if I, had a, if I had a whistle and a siren every time I needed that, that's all we'd hear sometimes. Woo! Because, I mean, I'm like, oh, I got it. And so, so sometimes it's a process. Now I don't hear it as much anymore. Because we'll say, well, God knows my heart. And God does know your heart. But here is what I want you to understand. The enemy has an idea of your heart, but he doesn't respond to what you feel. He responds to what you say. That's how he does. In that world, it is what we say, how we take authority. How did Jesus beat the enemy? By the written word. It is written. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So you have to hear. You have to speak. You have to. It's not just a matter of, well, I meant well and I get it. But we have to go past that. I have people that say, well, you know, words don't matter. And let me give you a couple stories. And you can just put them however you want. There's a man who had a habit of responding to his wife See you later, but don't get hit by a train. Guess how he died? Another guy. And again, these are supposedly. You can go, well, I'm not believing that. You're just pulling that out of the hat, or you're all I'm trying to tell you is the power of your words. This guy said, I'm gonna go pick berries in the woods. And every time he'd go, he'd probably get mauled by a bear. And we all know the rest of the story. We don't there's there's such power in your words. What you say first. You know, sometimes there's been a report come back and and we'll stop it and go, Nope. All is well. All is well. And we'll just believe the report of the Lord. So whose report will you believe? Are you sinking your own ship with your words? You see, God spoke and it was. Let there be light. We are his kids. You have authority. It won't come nigh my dwelling. You know, if there's an the enemy or there's attacks or there's this. I've had people look at me. God's honest truth. Eleven 30 i'm about finished that was our last one right okay last story here we go people have said what's he doing now some of that to me is kind of humorous but you know in every house we've lived in i have put kim and i have put oil i've used olive oil i've used crisco canola i really don't have a preference but I put it over every doorway and over every window, every closet, everything. And we pray over the house, every entry into that house. Father, I thank you. This house is a house of God. God, and we proclaim this for you. We put your blood around. We put angels on guard, on post. We, I, mean, I pray over that whole house. We go in that house. It feels great. That house that um, Malone's took was already blessed. And now it's blessed again because they're in there. Um, so they bought our old house. So what I'm saying, it doesn't matter what house I'm in. That's that's what we do. I've had people that are like they've come over to our house and been like, it just feels so good in here. You know why it feels good? Because God is in here. But he's in you, too. He's not just dwelling in me. He's dwell. I mean, his spirit, and his presence, at least the, some of his glory is residing in my home. And I like that. But the world doesn't see things always that way. I had somebody said, oh, would you come to my house and bless my house? I said well yeah I, I guess but really you're the priest of the home you need to kind of do that well yeah but if you would show me then we'll go do it too okay so we did the house and they're saying okay we're gonna bless the house would you go bless the yard i said well I, okay And they handed me a jug of canola oil I Said, here just take this with you so this is a true story so I'm out in the yard, and I'm just taking this oil, and I'm just flinging this oil. And I'm praying. I'm praying in the spirit, and I'm praying out loud. I'm flinging oil. You ever do something, and you realize somebody's watching you? This is one. How many ever remember seeing Tim Taylor and the, and the guy? What was the guy on the other side of the fence? Wilson. So I'm out here. Father, this land is blessed. Every corner of this. Is a father, a tell all and I look over, there's a hedge, and there's two people, and they're going. <laughs> Mouth open, looking at me like, what in the world? And so this is what's coming through my mind. This is awkward. They're gonna think I'm nuts. Then I thought, I don't live here. <laughs> true, true story. <laughs> So what I'm I'm trying to tell you is if you guard what you say, you'll have a, a heart of gratitude. Choose your words. You can live your life with thanksgiving, instant praise. You can start saying, God, help me to praise even in the storm. Let me focus on what is right, not what is wrong. And begin to look at things differently. Ask the Holy Spirit, help me to see things the way you see them. Because sometimes we see people and we see problems, but God sees blessing. He sees children. He sees love. And you need to look at things like that. You need God, give me your viewpoint. Give me your eyesight. Romans is really good. Romans 12, 2, it'll say, God will change the way you think. And help me to think like you, God. Your thoughts are not mine. They're higher than mine. Help me to grab some of that. Help me to see myself successful. And so when the storm comes, I got a God that's bigger than the storm so I can praise him in the storm. Thank him for what I've got and the storm passes very quickly. And I come out on the other end. I've got more character. I've got more trust, more faith. And the enemy, we sang it what he meant for harm. God turned it in for good because now I'm even more on fire than I was before. When my feet hit the floor in the morning, I want the devil to be, oh, no, he's awake. He's up. That's how I want God to do to you and the enemy to see you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?